Inshallah, we're going to start. A lot of people will be coming, but we will start. Okay, I would be laying in the shape on the Rajim, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Allah, Mosali, was selling Allah, Sayyidina Muhammadin, or Ali, was selling. Rabbish Rahli Sodri, Westerly, Amri, Wahlu, or the Tamilisani, Yakahu Kauli. رب أذئنا نشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضاه وأصلح لي في ذريتي التي تطيل إليك وإني من المسلمين وشكم for Salam Sunday I was asked this Sunday to speak about a subject that a lot of people are worried about as we know many of us whether we are Muslim or not we try and strive to become more spiritual and some people understand the meaning of spirituality occur according to faith, but some don't. Uh, according to faith, spirituality literally meaning connecting one's spirit with the spirit of God. For it is He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He created Adam, our physical father, from the mud, as He created us, mentin, then He has blown onto that physical body to become the human being that who we are later of course through the male and female coming together in marriage we are here today that spirit within each one of us when it was put in it was pure clean wholesome and it is put here by choice our choice for Allah said in the Quran we have offered the trust of being tested to all creation, heavens, airs, mountain, they all refused it. The only one who was able to say, yes, I can, is the human being who offered to take the responsibility. And Allah says, because of his ignorance of what to come. This is why this has happened. Now, while we are here, and we'll talk about this in detail when we'll talk about the subject we're going to talk about. We are given freedom to choose. We can believe or disbelieve. We can do good or do evil. It's up to us. And that is because of the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has offered this to us. Very, very, very important for each one of us to understand this clearly. Come here, my brother. Come and sit. So the subject we're going to talk about today is the signs and the symptoms of the spiritual diseased heart. Spiritual heart, spiritual diseased heart. Imam al-Ghazali explains this beautifully that people when they think of the heart, they always think of the physical heart. And he, his book, he clearly explained in details that this heart, the physical one, is not really the heart we are talking about. We are talking about the spiritual heart. For the spirit, it has a heart. But because we are not allowed to talk about the spirit, 
Hence, we cannot talk about the harm. Both of them, we cannot talk about. The sister, the sisters coming. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states clearly when the people came and asked him, tell us about the spirit, the ruh. And can I ask those two brothers? And can this elderly gentleman bring his chair here, please? He can sit next to me. Bring a chair for him. Can you get him a chair, please? For promise, sir. Yeah, get him with this chair. Let the elderly. Well, let him sit here. Put it here. Is Umar here? to the sisters now. No, you, you, you leave this there because the sisters can sit on the shelf. My brother, can you ask this gentleman to come and sit here? He wants you to sit there. It gives room to people when they come. It gives room. We're, we're not doing it for any reason. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> just to give room. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Not just to give room for people who are coming later. And, uh, yeah? And so that people, my brothers are sitting, they come here. Come sit here. Because if people come later, they can sit in there. And then more people will come. Sit in there, yeah. One of you can sit here. Yeah. Yeah, sit here. No problem. I'm not going to ask you to speak. <laughs> okay? So, uh, the heart, the physical heart, is for the physical body and therefore the physicians can do anything and you can even replace your heart it doesn't change you if I give you my heart you're not gonna become me if I take your heart you're not, I'm not gonna be you but the spiritual heart is what the matter is all about the first thing we need to know that the most important element within the human spiritual being that was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he has blown from his spirit into Adam is what we call in English the heart. In the Quran it has two names. One name is Fuad. Not brother Fuad Nahri. <laughs> but Fuad uh, is the heart. But it is used in the Quran to talk about uh, uh, the place whereby you have your emotions your love, your care, that's Al-Fu'ad. The second word that is used in the Quran, Al-Qalb. In my own understanding, when I look at words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses for things, I believe for every letter in that word, there is an, in, an inclination towards him or a dependence on him. So for example, when you look at Fu'ad, which is the essence of the human spirit within the Qalb, Okay, which is the total. Now, when you look at Fuad, Fa, Wow, Alif, and Dal. When you link those letters to Allah, the Fa is for Fard, the one and the only one. The Wow, okay, is from Wahid, the one. He has no partners, only one. The Alif is from Ilah, the only one that you are supposed to turn to and worship by submitting your will and striving towards perfecting yourself because you are going to return to him. 
And the Dal is from Da'in, the one who is forever existing. He's never going to diminish. He's always there. Before us, with us, and after us. He will always be there. And therefore they say, when the last creation dies, which is the angel of death himself, when everything <laughs> is destroyed, the creator will say to it, or to the angel, Israel, Mut, die. When he dies, then there is nothing. Allah then raised a question. To whom the kingdom belongs today? Many of us believe it belongs to us. Allah will say to nobody but to me, the one, the dominant. So this is my understanding for the choice of those letters for that name. It is the essence of the one who is always there and always will be there. He was there when there was nothing and he will be there when there will be nothing. Allah. And that is where your fu'ad, the center of your creation, should be linking to him. Then he becomes spiritual. According to the scholars of Ihsan or Zuhd or Tasawwuf or Sufism, this is where they try to work to link themselves to Allah through that. And we know that the best thing that you could do for yourself is to perfect your actions to become one of those whom Allah will call a muhsin or muhsina, a good doer, somebody who will always do good. Now the word fu'ad is mentioned in the Quran three times. And I'm going to mention the three verses to just give you evidence of this. The first one is Surah Al-Isra, Surah number 17. And then the verse is 36. Allah says, وَلَا تَخْفُ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمِ إِنَّ السَّمَعَ وَالْبَصَرَ وَالْفُؤَادَ كُلُّ أُولَائِكَ كَانَ عَنْهُ مَسْؤُولًا وَلَا تَخْفُ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمِ Allah is telling me and you Do not indulge in anything you have no knowledge of One of our most dangerous things today especially through the ease of communication people just pass information Do you realize if you receive a text message, an email, uh, whatever it is that you receive in your phones, and you just think it is nice and you pass it, and it could be misguiding or misleading someone or putting them to do something wrong, you are involved. Do not indulge yourself in anything you have no knowledge of. Inna as-sama'a, indeed, the hearing, wal-basara, the sight, wal-fu'ad. Kullu ula'ik kan'an huwazula. All these you will be questioned about in the Day of Judgment. You are responsible. Because the fu'ad, the heart, is the one that is connecting you to Allah. If it is pure, you are closer. If it is impure, you are distant. So whatever you do, you will be questioned about in the day of judgment. The second verse in Surah Al-Qasas, Surah number 28, Al-Qasas 28, verse number 10. And here we are speaking about the mother of Moses when she had the little baby and the Pharaoh declared any boy who will be born from the children of Israel will be destroyed because he was told in the prophecy 
they will grow a young boy from this generation who will destroy you. So he went out killing anyone, any child. But Musa's mother was told to put her baby in a basket and put that baby into the river, the Nile. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly stated to my brother. Okay. In the verse, as I mentioned, verse number 10, Allah says, Surah Al-Qasas, number 28, The inner core of the heart of the mother of Moses once she put him in the river, became empty. There are two explanations by the scholars. But the majority say, empty because she was worried. She was frightened. This is a child whom Allah had bestowed upon her from his mercy. And suddenly she's going to lose this child. She doesn't want to lose this child. What should she do? Okay. In karakit of the she is almost going to talk about him, to, to, to reveal her secret. Allah said, If it's not for us, giving her the strength in her heart to keep quiet and giving her the assurance. Why? To be among those who will be written as people of faith. Trust in Allah. And that is where it is clear. Number three, Surah Al-Najm, the star, Surah number 53, Verse number 11. Allah said, This is in this month when the Prophet went in the journey by night to the heavens and he has seen a lot of things. Seen the heavens, seen the hell, seen the angels, the highest ranking. He went further than what the angels could see. Allah says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heart is in no way falsified that which he has seen. Whatever he told us from the journey by night is the truth. I need to tell you that this heart is the most important part of the human being. Whereby the Prophet when he was asked, this is to do with truthfulness. Can I believe I commit adultery? He said yes. He's a sinner. Committed a big sin. Steals? Yes. Sinner. Big sin. Can the believer uh, gamble, drink, all those questions, big sins. Can he lie? He said no. Once you lie, the inner core of Fuad, something wrong with it. In today's world, when people say, for example, to you a lot of bad attributes, you accept fine. But I had never seen somebody when they are told a liar, they get upset. When somebody tells you you are a liar, you should really be upset. Because lying, as if to say that you are somebody whom his inner core, spiritual core, is not good enough. And we will talk about this in detail later. So these are the three verses in which Allah talked about the heart as Al-Fu'ad. The third verse, Al-Najm, Surah number 53, verse number 11. مَا كَذَبَ الْفُؤَادُ مَا رَأَى 
Allah is speaking to the Prophet and saying, the Prophet, peace be upon him, heart is in no way falsified that which he saw. Whatever he has seen and he spoke about is the truth. When it comes to the word Qalb, mentioned six times in five surahs of the Quran. Qalb is also three letters. So I'm looking at the letters. Why did Allah choose Qaf and Lam and Ba? Because Qalb is like the Wi'a, Al Qalb, the container. Okay? So, like you have got Alaikum Wasalam, you have got the core and the inner core. Although they are the same, but they contain everything. But Qalb, it's like the source. The source of man is the Qalb, from which stems the inner core, which is Al Fu'al. So Qaf is from Qudra, ability. Man through his spirit is able to do anything if he is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lam is from Lutf, gentleness. But you will never be able through that inner ability to do anything spiritual which is miraculous unless you are gentle in the heart. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most merciful than anything that he has created. He is the source of mercy. That's why he said to, to us Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu as the mercy. If it is not for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, none of us will be here today. But through his mercy, we are here. And the ba from Bir or Bar, which is generosity. So in order for your heart to really be able to expand and to adhere and to put into practice that which will make all the soldiers of the heart. And you might ask me, what are the soldiers of the heart? All the limbs. Your hand doesn't do anything if you punch somebody and somebody says, excuse me, why did you punch me? Say, my hand did it, I didn't do anything. Doesn't make sense. So every limb is considered to be a soldier for the heart. The heart commands. And therefore, to have that ability, it must come from a place of gentleness and generosity. Generosity not in just giving, generosity in forgiving. That's why in every hadith, statement, a saying from the Prophet of Islam, وسلم, telling us to purify ourselves, he says, remember, when Allah have got hours and days and night where the dua is accepted, everyone will be given, except for few people. One of them always mentioned in every hadith is the one who carries grudges in their hearts. Al-Shahna wal-Baghda. Okay? Al-Shahna wal-Baghda, meaning carrying that which make you feel upset and angry with somebody. So we need to purify ourselves. And I always give the example. If you want to look at this, look at the best prophet, Muhammad Sallallahu he always forgave because Allah commanded him. Not just to forgive, to also erase any feeling in the heart that is ill against anybody and to make up the relationship with a better relationship with the person. One of our ills today, specifically as Muslims, 
we have this terrible end whereby we are not dealing with one another in the way that should be amicable, respectable, being able to forgive. And all of us, Ramadan is coming. This is Rajab, by the way. The Prophet used to pray, Oh Allah, bless the months of Rajab and Shaban for us and allow us to live during Ramadan. Ramadan is the months of the exam in which you can maximize your result by achieving okay, the distinction that you are looking for. For indeed, the beginning is mercy, the middle is forgiveness, the end is salvation from the hellfire. And all of us want to be salvaged from the hellfire. But the preparation is from now, in Rajab and Sha'ban. Doing as much as you can to that. So one of the things that we need to do now is to empty our hearts from any ill feeling against anybody. We should not have any animosity in our heart, only for one whom Allah taught us to be enemy to. Who is that? Iblis. And I will talk about this later on regarding the heart. What are the verses in which Allah mentioned the word Qalb? The first one, Ali Imran. Ali Imran, Surah number 3, verse number 159. Allah says, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam addressing him, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ If it is not that Allah has sent you as a mercy to them, O Muhammad Sallam, وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضَّ الْقَلْبِ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضَّ قَلِذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضَّ قَلِذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ If you were tough, harsh in your treatment to them, O Muhammad Sallam, they will disperse from around you. They will not be with you. So today, one of the problems the Muslims are having, especially when they are conveying Islam to others, they say that which they don't do. They say, Islam is peace. But I'm not a Muslim. Well, either you declare it, or I'm going to eliminate you, destroy you. How could you say, say that is peace? Not peace. I want to live with you, but I'm not following your path. I am forced to follow the path, or to do that which I don't want to do. Nothing to do with Islam. Allah told the Prophet when you are dealing with them, he didn't say the Muslims, or those who believe, any human being, because you are our ambassador, our prophet, learned human being, carrying our message in your heart, the place of mercy, you must always show mercy to them. And never let your heart show wickedness, harshness, or any evil intent toward them. Because if you do that, they are not going to listen to you. They will disperse and leave you alone. Number two, Surah Al-Shu'ara. Surah number 26, Al-Shu'ara, 26, verse 89. Allah says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. This is Ibrahim alayhi salam, the Prophet, making this dua to him. وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يَبْعَثُونَ O Allah, do not let me down the day when we are resurrected. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفُعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ The day neither money nor children will be of benefit to me. إِلَّا مَنْ أَطَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Only the one who presents himself or herself before you with a whole sound heart. Clear here. Ibrahim alayhi salam, a prophet, a messenger, a good human being, one of the greatest, is telling us clearly that nothing will benefit only a pure heart. Nothing. If you have a pure heart, 
you will benefit yourself. And he is making this dua, and he is in a high position. And this dua he is making, clearly is telling himself that he does not want to be a loser. Number three, Surah As-Safat. As-Safat, Surah number 37, verses 83 and 84. Allah says, وَإِنَّ مِنْ شِيَعَتِهِ لَإِبْرَاهِيمِ إِذْ جَاءَ رَبَّهُ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Indeed, one of those who inclined towards Allah and being in his party, the party of God, those who inclined themselves to be closer to God by doing good and distancing themselves from any act of evil, is Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah is saying this. Why he is close to Allah? Why he is Khalilullah? Why he is one of the greatest prophets of Allah? One of five called Ulul Azm. Because Allah said he came with a pure heart. We know his story, read it. And he is being tested again and again and again, but he always put Allah first and never put the human being in difficulty. Number four, Surah Kafir. Surah number 40, verse 35. Ghafir, 40, verse 35. Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَجْعَدُلُونَ فَآيَةِ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرُ سُلْطَانٍ أَتَاهُمْ Those who dispute and argue about the sign of God without any permission being given to them. Without any permission or authority being given to them. كَبُرَ مَخْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَعِنْدَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا This is indeed the most hated thing in the sight of God and the sight of those who believe. If you have no authority, why do you speak? I'm not a med medical doctor. I never studied medicine. If a television man came to the door there and said, excuse me, are you the man responsible for this place? Yes, we are doing a program about medical issues. Would you please answer some question? I said, I'm not a doctor. Even if you insist, I will not answer. I don't know. But today, if you get anybody outside there, and the man come and says, excuse me, you want to talk about faith, spirituality, religion. Would you talk? Of course I am. How could you talk about something you don't know? As I said earlier, indeed everything you say, you'll be responsible for. And Allah says, do not indulge in that you should have no knowledge of. And this is one of the problems of the time we're living in today. Okay? Allah then says, كَذَلِكَ يَضْبَعُوا for this reason, Allah will seal every heart that is arrogant and behave like a tyrant. When a person behaves like a tyrant or becomes very arrogant, it's nothing to do with the physical body. Maybe you are a man with a muscle and you are arrogant because you look cool or hot, whatever. Or you are a woman who seems to be well, the best looking woman in the world and you're showing your body. It's not the body, not the looks, it's the heart inside. Okay, and we'll explain further. Number five, Surah Qaf. The last two verses, they come from the 10th Surah Qaf. The first is verse 33 and the second verse 37. 33, Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَنْ خَشِيَ الرَّحْمَانَ بِالْغَيْبِ Munib. Whosoever fears Allah 
when they are alone and they come to us with a heart full of repentance with a heart full of repentance because a repenting heart is a heart that always regrets always not wanting to be in the way that they have been seen saying or doing that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden and the last one the same surah Qaf, surah number 50 verse number 37 Allah says إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَذِكْرَى لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبِ أَوْ أَلْقَى السَّمْعَهُ وَالشَّهِيدِ Indeed in this Indeed in this what, what, what Allah is talking about here When you read Surah Qaf One of the surahs that you should read alone Qaf, one letter Qaf In Sapara The last portion Portion number 26 in the Quran Juz Or Sapara 26 Qaf Read this surah When you come to this verse Verse number 37 Allah then said, all that which we told you before this verse, in it there is a reminder, but not for everybody. To the one who have a heart. We all have a spiritual heart and physical hearts. Here we are talking about the spiritual heart. We all have a spiritual heart. But not all hearts are sound. Not all hearts are whole. Many hearts are diseased. And many are dead. And we'll explain that clearly or the one who listens with full attention today Muslims they trouble themselves on Friday to go to Jum'ah the ceremony of the week so that they can benefit they can remind them for all the week many of them are not even aware of what the Imam said many of them are sitting and talking the Prophet gave a warning وسلم, when you come to the Jum'ah you should sit where you find the place. Don't go beyond your position that is empty and don't jump over the necks of others to upset them. And once the Imam sits on the member, don't try to rush to the front because already the books have been closed and the angels are sitting to listen. If anybody addresses you or talks to you, don't even turn to them and say, Shh. for by saying, Shh, you have no Jum'ah. Because the Jum'ah is of two parts. The sermon that is given and the salah of two raga'as. Zuhur is four every day. Zuhur is four. Why it is be reduced to two? Because the khutbah consists of that which the imam is saying to be equal to the two raga'as of salah. So anyone of you goes to Jum'ah, even if somebody talks to you, don't talk to them. Otherwise you ruin your Friday prayer. So here we can understand. This is what we know of the Quran speaking about the heart. As I said, Fu'ad and Qalb. Fu'ad is mentioned three times in three surahs. Qalb is mentioned six times in five surahs. Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawzi, the student of Ibn Taymiyyah, one of the great scholars of Islam who spoke about these things, other than Ghazali and there are others as well, but he spoke beautifully. When you read his book, he have a book called Al-Fawa'id, The Benefits. I don't think it's been translated in English, maybe, I don't, I haven't, I've not seen it. But if somebody reads Arabic, you can read the book. It's better if somebody can teach it to you. He talks about benefits. And in this book, subhanAllah, he says, the most noblest and the most spacious of all that which Allah created to exist is his throne. The throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest, most spacious, it carries everything. And then there is a chair. But the chair itself encompasses the heaven and the earth. All 
our physical world and the angelic world could all be put into the chair. When they asked the Prophet give us a comparison between this chair and the throne, he says, like taking the biggest desert on the earth and taking a ring from your hand and throwing it on the desert. What's the nisbah? What's the proportion between the desert and that ring in size? Nothing. The ring in comparison to the throne is like the, or sorry, the, the chair in comparison to the throne is like the ring in a desert. So the throne of Allah is the best that we can compare our heart to. This is what Ibn al-Ghaim is saying. The closest to the throne is Jannat al-Firdaus. Because Jannat al-Firdaus, it is ceiling, is to the throne. Why it is closest to the throne? Because it's the most perfected place for the best of people to be there. Among them Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the prophets and the, the best of people. But those people are there because of their purity of their hearts. And therefore, the closest to the throne is the pure heart of the human being. Okay? That's why he says, Allah created the hearts. And they are a place for his knowledge and his love. So a believer literally will strive to gain knowledge and to utilize his knowledge to do good out of love. Without love, you cannot be a believer. A believer must love. Indeed, there is no faith in the heart of the one who has no love in his heart. Okay, you love for him and you dislike for him. And therefore he concluded, Indeed, the heart of the human could be one of two places. Arshul Rahman, the throne of the Creator Almighty, the beneficial, or Arshul Shaytan, the throne of the devil, Iblis. Up to you. If you want your heart to be a place where Allah is, then you need to follow what Allah is telling you. The Creator is telling you. If you want your heart to be the throne for Iblis, Allah said, fine. Because He promised Allah, by your might and dignity, O Allah, I will strive and do my best to take them away from your path. And if you can do something. If the throne of Allah is in your heart, what happened to your heart? There will be a light. There will be an expansion of wanting to do good. There will be joy. There will be happiness. There will be rejoicing within yourself. And there will be a lot of feeling of doing good. I repeat again. Think about those things. Do you have any one of them? Or do you have some of them? Or do you have all of them? Alright? Very, very important. I say them again. If your heart is the throne of God, there will be light in your heart. There will be an expansion in your heart. There will be joy. There will be happiness. There will be rejoice. And there will be a lot of good or feeling of doing good within your heart. A heart that is a throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never be other than that. You should work hard to have these qualities within yourself. If your 
heart of the other side become the throne for Iblis, the Shaitan. Let the men come and sit there. You stay there. This brother, let this brother come and sit here. Sit that way. Yeah? Those brothers can come forward. Yeah? Okay? If your heart is to become the throne of Iblis, the devil, Shaitan, then what happened? There will be darkness. There will be a narrowness in your heart accepting anyone or anything. There will be disease. There will be death. There will be sadness. There will be anguish. There will be depression. And there will be evil or the feeling of evil. This, if you find any of these things in your heart, there's trouble. And today, what I know from those people who do statistics about the human nature, they say the majority of the people who are living comfortable with the modern technology around the world, all of us, when we look at the situation of people who are suffering today in Colombia, seeing their family just washed away, and they're living where there is rain and cold and mud and there is nothing for them, or in Somalia, where there is war, or in, in Iraq, or Syria or Yemen or Libya, all these places or in the drought areas in the Horn of Africa is Africa or the Rohingyas. But yeah, it's really, when you look at those, when you look at children going to the bin to find food, it makes me feel sad. We have everything, but yet we have one of those diseases. In fact, the greatest depression. The ill of the time for the people who are comfortable in this world is depression. A lot of us take tablets. A lot of us cannot even sleep at night. Yet those people who have nothing, they are able to sleep. So if you have darkness, if you have narrowness, unable to expand yourself to accept anyone and everything and be able to forgive and give, if you have disease or death, if you have sadness or depression, if you have feeling of evil, then something is wrong with your heart. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in a hadith reported by Al-Hakim with Tirmidhi and others, hadith Sahih, a statement from the Prophet he says, إِذَا دَخَلَ النُّورُ الْقَلْبِ إِنْفَسَحْ وَالشَّرَحْ When the light entered into the heart, إِنْفَسَحْ, it expands. You have a feeling of doing good. You want to jump. Have you ever woken up in one morning and you feel like jumping out of joy? Seriously, some, some morning, you want to scream. Ooh, you don't know what's happening. You were sleeping. You were not with people. You were just in your bed. And suddenly you wake up, but there is joy. That means your spirit travels to the right place, whether you remember or not. You are in a good company somewhere. Maybe even you went to heaven. Maybe even you went to God. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe you sat with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or any other prophet. Maybe you were in Jannah. I have a friend of mine, he said to me one day, Wallahi, there came a time in his life, he used to see himself in Jannah, eating from his fruit. When he woke up in the morning, he could feel the sweetness still in his mouth. That's Some people are like that, they are very lucky. The spirit is powerful, they can't do anything. But unfortunately today, we look at magicians in television, doing tricks, walking in buildings, and flying and getting into cages and they can, what is this nonsense? 
I'm really sitting here excited. Excited about what? If they have this power, why don't they help the people who are powerless? It's nonsense, really. I mean, we are supposed to be the most intellectual in this time, and we think we are the greatest. We are not the greatest. There were greater people. The Egyptian and the people before that were more greater than us. But unfortunately, look what they did. They inclined towards fulfilling their own egoistic nature, following shaitan. They were defeated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same thing will happen to us. We are going to destroy ourselves sooner or later because we think we are the best. And he said, the companion asked him, What's the sign of the light entering in the heart and our chest and heart expands? Turning and thinking hard and working for the abode that is eternal. You work for the hereafter. You worry about what happened next. When you are dealing with somebody, you are worried what you say and what you do could be counterproductive for you. Could bring you ills in this world and in the hereafter. Could bring you sins. Atid will be filling your book with that which you have done wrong. And to be honest with you, all of us know when we do wrong, there is something inside that makes us feel bad. You know it is bad. When you feel terrible inside, refrain. Don't do anything. And distancing ourselves from the love of this world. This is called Darul Ghurur, the hopeless world. It's called a dunya, by the way, a dunya. One day, inshallah, we'll talk about a dunya itself. The lower world. Allah call it the lower world. One day, I think I was sitting with somebody, and he was watching a film. He said to me, did you see this? It's called Harry Potter. They're talking about the lower world, and there is war and fighting. Yeah? Even they know the lower world. This is a terrible. There are other worlds. Not one world or two worlds. There are too many worlds. You see? I laughed last week. I was in television. They're so happy. They discovered new planets. Wow. <laughs> wow. Most of those planets were discovered by people where there is no technology like what we have today. Now we have a lot of technology to fly to go there. And we're still... There's too much we don't want. Allah said in the Quran. This is my face tells me, by the way. And Allah created that which you see and you know and that which you don't see and you don't know. Okay? And then he says, and preparing yourself for death before it comes, before it befalls you. So a person whom their heart receives life, and through that light expand in feeling joy and happiness and wanting to do good, and never worried about themselves, but worried about those who are less fortunate than themselves, it's three things. Okay? Working for the hereafter, distancing themselves from working for this world, and preparing themselves for a death that is for sure going to come. So important to think about these things. It is said also, The heart of the servant of God is the throne of the beneficent. But this can never be, your heart can never be the throne of Allah, Ar-Rahman, only through knowledge, awareness of who you are, and understanding the importance of love. Al-ilm, wal-ma'rifa, wal-mahabba. 
our teaching that I have received all my life is always rotating around three words. Knowledge, know-how, Allah. Some people say, ah, we need to know more about the duties of how to clean ourselves, how to make wudu, how to make salah. That is not something to worry about. That is most essential because without that, you cannot come to the knowledge of those three words. That's like you want to go to university, but you didn't go to primary school. Making your wudu, cleaning yourself, fasting, Ramadan, is primary. Without it, you are not going to go anywhere. You need to learn how to read and write first. And then you can go to higher education. So those three things is of the higher education. And through them, light will enter the heart. Hence, it will expand and open. Allah said to the Prophet, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alam nashrah laka sadrah. Didn't we expand your chest for you? And we removed any ills within that heart. Many times the Prophet, his heart is taken. Many people think they opened the chest, they took the, the lump, they opened it, they kept. No, no, no. It's all spiritual. Otherwise, it's physical, there should be signs. That's the miracle of God. When he was about four years old, he was with Halima Sa'diyah, the woman who was looking after him in the countryside. <coughs> While she was watching him playing, two men from a distance came and she was worried. She was going to rush and bring him in. She froze. She noticed the two men <coughs> lining him on his back, opening his shirt, doing something. They brought like a tray. She said the only thing she could see from a distance is something like white. Okay? Like the sweet that you have in the seaside, the candy floss, but rather than being pink, whatever, white, or like snow. And then they were massaging his chest with this thing, and then they just closed his chest. When he ran to her, she looked, everything is normal. When she opened his chest, nothing. But although, while she's watching, they opened his chest. And then, many times later on, when he went in this month to speak to his Lord in the higher heavens, in the night of journey by night, in that they also open his chest and cleanse his spiritual heart Now, for the whole pure heart or the wholesome heart, there are 15 fundamental important qualities. Each one of you should check them. Do I have these 15 qualities? The first quality, Al-Inaba. To always be working hard to return to Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We are from Allah and indeed to Him we are returning. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us clearly, I am going to test you, O children of Adam. I will test you. For sure I am going to test you. With what? With fear. Not for full fear. With some fear, He says. Min al Wanaqs, a reduction. We don't like naqs. People who watch television, a lot of people think about uh, what is going on in the city. Okay? The index going up or down. The world is living. <laughs> people judge themselves with these things. And only few people are benefiting from these things. The majority of us are living day to day. Just hand to mouse. So we need to be very, very careful. 
we need to understand that we should always be yearning to return to Allah. As He created us pure and whole, we want to go pure and whole, and that can only happen when you watch yourself. Before you say anything or do anything, watch yourself. If it is going to upset you by somebody else saying it or doing it against you, and you are about to say it or do it against somebody else, refrain. None of you is a true believer until you love for your brother or sister what you love for your son. That's what I will remind myself with. Number two, at-tasdiq. To trust. To trust is to believe. What is Iman? Iman is to trust there is Allah there. Iman is to trust there is Jannah there. There is hell there. There is reward and punishment. People don't want us to believe in it. It's just stories. Well, it's for you stories. For me, I trust in those things. My life is rotated around these things. I trust there is Allah. I trust He is the one and the only one to be turned to, to ask from, to depend upon, and to seek from, and never to fear anything but Him. One of the biggest things for you today, and you love to watch horror movies, but yet you are frightened. Frightened from your shadows, frightened from height, from walking under a ladder, all this nonsense. <laughs> The Prophet says, whosoever Allah. does not fear Allah and does against his teaching, Allah will make him frightened from every creature. But the one who fear Allah, Allah will make every creature frightened from him. Don't be frightened. Teach your children to be courageous. Courage is the most important thing. Yeah? Courage is the most important thing you need to wear for. So Tasdiq is the second one. We say Al-Mu'min, Sadiq, the believer, is trusting and trustworthy. Number three, Al-Rahma, mercy. Allahu Akbar. That's why the Prophet said, Man la yarham la yurham, the one who does not show mercy, will never be shown mercy. So your heart should have mercy in it. Number four, Al-Tawadur, humility. Number five, Al-Lean, leniency, gentleness. Number six, Al-Quran, the word of God. You must have Quran in your heart. You must. Even if you remind yourself with one or two, three verses, memorize them, repeat them for yourself. Because it's important. When the Quran was revealed to Prophet it was revealed to his heart. Came down with it from the heaven into your heart, the trusted spirit. Who is it? Jibreel alayhi salam, the angel of the ark alayhi salam. Number seven, al-dhikr, the remembrance of Allah. This is so important. The Prophet was asked about the importance of remembering Allah. We've seen people like Hamza Zaya or myself, some people are today, mashallah, they have got the technology with a, a little thing in their fingers. Everybody have got their own thing, okay? But this is to remember Allah. Some people look at it and say, what is this? This, this is the reminder. So when I put my hand in my pocket, oh, I need to remember Allah. I need to do something. Because Allah said, remember me, then I will remember you. If you don't remember Allah, Allah will not remember you. Azkuruni, azkurkum. Okay? And be grateful to me. Don't deny yourself by being ungrateful. Being grateful is to share what I give to you. Share it with those who have not as well. Okay? The Prophet ﷺ explained it by saying the example of the one who always remembers Allah and the one who does not is like the living and the dead. 
So if you don't remember Allah, your heart will die slowly. Those who don't remember Allah at all, they are dead. So the, when you walk in the street, there are many walking dead. You don't have to go to watch a horror movie to see spirits walking dead. They are here. They're walking in the street with their physical body. Okay? Number eight, At-Tuma'nina, tranquility. The station of peace within your heart. Having that calm feeling within yourself. Number nine, courage. If only people know. This is one thing whenever I was teaching children, when children come to me crying and feeling frightened, I always remind them. Because you should teach your children never to be a coward. There is no place for cowardness. In fact, cowardness and stinginess, they are the worst qualities of any human being. If you yourself have those two qualities, one of them, God help me and help you. Because really, we need to be courageous, never be frightened, and you should never be stingy. Because to be a coward, you don't trust in Allah. Allah said, Allah, If you support Allah by doing what He commanded you to do, He will support you. Hence, the poorest of Mecca, when the rich people came to him and said to him, you were a slave and poor people, now you are following Muhammad he have nothing for you. He doesn't have anything to defend you with. We will destroy you. He said, Husband Allah. Our Savior is Allah. Allah said, because they said that, because they trusted in me, no fear will ever enter their heart. And they will never be defeated. And they will return from me with everything they need. So, if you are a little bit prideful, frightened, I give you this from the Quran. Every day before you go to work or go night, read, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. 70 times, 111 times, 201 times, 313 times, or 450. Abu Hassan al-Shadali, rahmatullah alayhi, one of the greatest scholars of Islam says, by Allah Almighty God, he learned spiritually. He was inspired. Whosoever read Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil 450 times in the morning, nothing will touch him all his days. And if you read it in the night, nothing will touch you. And imagine if you do it every day. Allah is with you. Allah is with you. Nobody. So courage is important. I used to tell the children, don't be frightened. Never be frightened from anybody. Number 10, al-fahm wal-idraq, understanding and comprehending. A heart, not the mind. The mind doesn't comprehend and understand. The heart. The inner heart of the spiritual body of the human being does that. So each one of you should make sure that your heart understands. Number 11, At-Taqwa. Taqwa literally meaning fearing Allah by avoiding that which he has forbidden or what he dislikes. Number 12, Al-Ibsar. Being able to see right from wrong. Not by looking at things, but by feeling it within. It's called Basira. Allah said in the Quran, إِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ When we fall into the wrong, it's not our eyes that have not seen the wrong. It's our heart that did not comprehend and understood the evil we're going to put ourselves into. Okay? So that is inside. Number 13, as-sakina. The status of total peace within the heart. Number 14, al-mahabba, love. And number 15, as-sakha, generosity. So these are the 15 qualities a whole heart should have. 
If any one of them is missing, it's not whole. Why prophets were tested again and again until they completed all those 15 areas and managed to. So one of us should look into them every morning, every evening. In fact, for me, as a student of Sufi schools, of Sufi teachers, we do something called muhasaba. Muhasaba meaning accounting for oneself every day, what we did and how we do it. And when we account for our deeds, everything from this team we look into. Did something frighten me today? Whether I'm sitting in my car and I deliberately broke the law by speaking into my mobile, I know it is wrong. And when I heard the siren of an ambulance, I was shaken and frightened like a leaf in a tree. These are simple examples, but it shows us that we put ourselves in a position whereby we ruin our own position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to be careful. The Sheikh says, if you find all those qualities, all those attributes within yourself, your heart is wholesome, complete. In fact, purified from all that which will make it ill or take it to a position of death. However, that which will make your heart die are these qualities. Number one, al-jafa. Distancing yourself from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Somebody might ask me, how do I distance myself from Allah? When you are not doing what he is asking you to do. When you know your responsibility, but you are not carrying your responsibility. When you know your duties, but you are not doing them the way he commanded you to, to do them. Number two, denying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existence. Denying faith. Denying religion. Number three, harshness or wickedness within the heart. Number four, evil within the heart. Number five, arrogance. Number six, being a tyrant. Now, some people say tyrants are like Hitler, Mussolini, okay? The pharaohs. But a man could be a tyrant within his workplace, could be a tyrant with his mate, could be a tyrant in that school where you are studying a bully, a bully is a tyrant. Yeah? Many of us sitting here, maybe we are bullied somehow. If you are bullied, the bully is a tyrant. A husband could be a tyrant at home. But not all husbands, some, some women are tyrants. They say, I'm wearing the trousers. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> not realizing Allah said in the Quran, the Prophet said in the Hadith, Allah will curse a man who tried to be like a woman. Or a woman tries to be like a man. لَعَنَ اللَّهُ مُتَشَبِّهِينَ Allah will care. A man should not try to be like a woman. A woman should not try to be like a man. You should accept what Allah gave to us. Never deny yourself that happiness with Allah. Imagine your messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa used to look into the mirror and he say, I praise Allah and I thank him for giving me what he has given me in the way I look. May he perfect my character as he has perfected my physical being. But today we complain. And we look at ourselves, oh my God, look at me. 
So yes, a lot of people are naive. They're going under the knife and they're paying a lot of money. Some of them, they, they turn even worse than before. <laughs> they need surgery for correction of what has been done against themselves. Al non-beneficial knowledge. Not all knowledge is good, by the way. So we read, we were taught when we were learning, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la'i Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from knowledge that bring me no benefit. Okay? There is knowledge that doesn't bring in anyone. Number eight, al-ghafla. Forgetting about Allah. Neglecting the Creator Almighty God. Neglecting remembrance. Neglecting your salah. Neglecting your duties. Okay? Number nine, fear from the created being. Number 10, not understanding and comprehending your station with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number 11, being blind in your heart, not being able to see right from wrong, okay, or good from evil. Number 12, the death of the heart. Number 13, carrying a grudge against someone or some people in your heart. Number 14, ignorance. Ignorance is terrible, absolutely terrible. Therefore, the Prophet made it compulsory. Seeking knowledge is compulsory. I thank you for coming to learn. Because, wallahi, the most important thing you should do is to learn. If you don't, there is no excuse. You cannot go to the grave and then suddenly the angels come to you, Munkar and Nikair, and they're saying, Excuse me, how did you treat your parents? I was very good. But you did this and that. But I didn't know. There's no place. You cannot say I didn't know. You should have learned. They did everything to bring you the way you are. Many of us, our parents, are illiterate. They can't read and write. But they work hard, nurtured us, fed us, gave us a roof. We went to universities. We became doctors. We became professors. We became this and that. We became rich people. We look at them as they don't know anything. Some children, they say to their parents, but man, we don't understand. You don't understand, because you should never say that to your parents. Your parents is the highest position of respect after Allah. And Be grateful to me and to your parents, Allah said. If you ever treat your parents with ill, you will be punished in the grave. The earliest punishment in the grave is the punishment again in the parents. In the grave. And I warn everybody, if your parents are alive, my parents have passed away, I pray for them every day and I ask Allah, if I did anything to make them feel uncomfortable, may Allah forgive me for what I did. And may Allah allow them to forgive me. They say the worst condition to find yourself in is that you are alive and your parents died unhappy with you. So what are you living for? Unless they forgive you, Allah will never forgive you. Okay. And then depression, number 15, depression. And then number 16, stinginess or greed. Abdul Qadir Jailani, one of the greatest scholars among those who came in the third century, he says, indeed in the heart there are six thoughts or notions in the heart. When you receive a notion, 
when you have an inspiration, it's one of six. And each one of us should know those six easily. There are two of them we should work hard to deal with. The rest are fine. Number one, khaturun nafs. The first notion or thought that come to your heart come from your nafs, from your ego, the home of your desires. What the thought come with? Shahwat. Feelings for desires that might be good or bad. Imagine you are hungry, you want to eat, and you saw food which is not yours. What's the right thing to do? Is to seek permission. But you take it without permission, is wrong. Although the food is halal, but the means of you earning it is haram. Just like the one who goes and work and earn and go and buy his food. And the one who doesn't work and go and steal for his food. Similar. Your permission is always. So one of the greatest scholars, he was passing by a bustan or a garden, and the guardian of the place, of the man who was looking after it, okay, said to him, take some and eat. He said, does it belong to you? He said, no, I'm just guarding it. He said, then you have no permission to allow me to eat from it. If I take it, you are wrong and I am wrong with you as well. But if you own it, you can give me. If you don't own it, ask the owner first, and then let me share with you. So make sure that any thought that comes from your nafs is dangerous. The second thought or notion is from shaitan, our enemy. It always leads you to that which will distance you from Allah because he promised Allah. He, he tried to direct you towards kufr, rejecting Allah, shirk, associating partners with Allah, taking you out. And his job is to make you faithless. Is to cut that cord which link you to Allah off. He said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will do everything in my power to misguide them, to take them away from you. Allah said, yes, if you can. And if you need help, we will help you. Those who want to follow you, let them follow you. But my servants will not be able to touch. And the servants are those who are always adhering to Allah's teaching. Those two, the notion or the thought of the nafs, the ego, and shaitan, we need to work against all the time. The second two are good. Khatr al-Ruh, your spirit, have a notion that comes in. It will always encourage you to do that which is right and to be obedient and to be in the path of the truth. Similarly, the angel, thought that come from the angel, either Raqib, who writes the good deeds, or any angel passing by, putting it in your heart, does the same thing. These two, we are inclined to encourage within ourselves. Number five is the brain, the mind. This one is sometimes with the good, sometimes with the bad. Okay? Mutaqallib, as we say. It's not in one status all the time. Sometimes with the nafs and shaitan, sometimes with the ruh and the angel. And subhanAllah, there is a wisdom behind that. Why, if you only use your mind to make a judgment, your judgment could be right, could be wrong. The wisdom is because when we chose to be independent, and Allah gave us the opportunity to choose for ourselves, to believe or not, to do good or not, 
through the money. So if you depend too much on your mind, then you could be right, you could be wrong. We always retain things to the heart. Everything should be tested by the heart. The last one, number six, khatir al-yaqeem. Yaqeem meaning assurance. Okay? Absolute trust in Allah. This is called yaqeem. When you have absolute trust in Allah. No doubt in your heart. This is the essence of faith. This is the source of knowledge that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So imagine, I'm sitting with you now. And I'm trying to do something and I'm asking you a question, all of you. And I'm saying, think in the next five minutes, what would you like to do? Or all after finishing this program, we're going to do this or that. What do you think? The moment I ask that question, each one of you will have a notion, will have a thought, will have an inclination, or will have an inspiration coming to your heart. Your mind is sending a message. Shaitan is whispering into your heart. Your nafs is telling your heart. The angel is putting the message too. And then, Allah himself. There are six messages coming direct to your heart. Anybody who is asking a question, always there is answers coming to you. Which one are you picking? Unless you are trained to know where to pick, it's difficult. Why most of us fall into the path of doing that which we regret? or which will take us to a position whereby there is no return. So we need to be very careful not to jump into conclusion and choosing that which will cause us trouble. And therefore, we should know that the greatest of enemies for you as a human being is your own nafs, your own ego. Because it's always following its own kind of happiness through desire that sometimes could be wrong. And it is also encouraged by shaitan. So shaitan and your nafs are friends. Very close friends. When your nafs says, I know yani, stealing is no good. I know drinking alcohol is no good. But I feel like it. Shaitan said, yeah, brilliant. So what? Allah is so merciful. You do it and then take forgiveness. And they friends them? They are very close friends. They encourage one another. Why Rasulullah says, The greatest of your enemies is your own nafs. So be wary of that, okay? And be careful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us instruction clearly in the Quran that shaitan should be fought at all times. We should not have any human being as an enemy. I keep saying it again and again. Please, if there is any one of you sitting here coming today to learn about your heart, if you have got any grudge, any hatred, any animosity in your heart towards any human being, remove it. Oh Allah, I don't hate nobody. Never. We were taught like that. If somebody wronged me, I pray for them. This is a chance for you to get Allahumma Oh Allah, forgive me and the one who transgressed against me. But the one I transgress against, I beg their forgiveness. Some people say, well, I ask Allah to forgive him. No. These people you need to beg. But for us today, we only go to people whom we have wronged when we are going to Hajj or Umrah. We come with a box of sweet and I'm going to Umrah. Could you forgive? Where were this forgiveness before? 
And today's robust. That's what don't go. They don't want to see them, but they send a message. I'm going to talk about could you forgive me? Have decency in your heart. Go and knock the door, ring the bell. Show a face. Don't, 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 don't mock yourself in this way. Allah said about Iblis, the enemy, in this shaitan for the human is a clear enemy. So you should have no enemy but shaitan. I hear some Muslims say, oh, the Jews are our enemies. Who says so? Who said the Jews are our enemies? I challenge any human being. Even the Prophet sallallahu wasallam and those who followed him until they conquered, not by taking land by force, but people inviting them because they want to embrace the faith. Even in Spain, read the history. The Jews and the Muslims, they all, we don't hate. We hate in the human their wrongdoing. I don't hate the criminal. What do I hate in him? His criminality. I don't hate the human who is not obedient to Allah. I hate his disobedience to Allah. That's what you should hate. But, astaghfirullah, you cannot distance people. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, Shaitan, when he created the father Adam, became an enemy to you by showing animosity to him, make him an enemy. It's a commandment from Allah. Okay? Shaitan whispers into the heart. But his whisper comes not just straight ahead. There are what we call madakhil. There are doors through which Shaitan whispers into your heart. Are those doors guarded? within us. Many of us are not guarding the doors. And then they're saying, what's happening? Guarding the doors can come through two ways. Observance and adhering to Allah's teaching and the Prophet guidance and seeking refuge in Allah. Allah says, when you recite the Quran, the word of God, before you recite it, so that Iblis will not come in and put doubt in your heart, seek refuge in Allah. فَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَنْسَ تُوَنْ The Quran is recited, listen to it, and be silent. وَقُلْ رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ هَمَدَةِ الشَّيَاطِينَ But say, my Lord, I seek refuge in you from the whispers of the devils. So we begin Quran with, فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when you come to decide the Quran, begin with أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيَاطِينَ you only read Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim at the beginning of the surah. Except for one surah, Tawbah, repentance. You don't read Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Because Allah is talking about the hypocrites. We'll talk about it in a minute. But every surah begins Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. But before you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-Rahim. If suddenly you want to read from the middle or any verse by itself, just A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-Rahim, then read it straight ahead. You see the teaching? Of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? And therefore, the shaitan entrance or the door of shaitan comes to you through this. And there are 12 of them. 12 gates you need to conquer. Number one, anger. Some people say, but by nature I'm angry. Then you need to work on it. <laughs> That's your luck. You are created angry. You know, that Allah gave you this, work on it to stop shaitan coming and conquering your heart. Okay? Number two, loving what your nafs desire. If you desire things outside there and they are beautiful in your sight, shaitan will love that. Allah said in the Quran, Shaitan 
make everything that is wrong or evil beautiful. Have you seen Las Vegas? <laughs> everything look glittery, beautiful. Come, welcome. You can make money, you can have everything, good food. But in it, the source is gambling. We, as people of faith, we think this is an evil deed because rather than benefiting people, it harms them. Allah says, not me, not the scholars, not even the prophet. Allah says so. Okay, don't gamble. Gambling is no good. Al-Hasad, envy or jealousy. Allah says, seek refuge in me from the envy of the envious when they envy. It's dangerous. Envy is terrible disease. Number four, always being selfish, selfishness. There are people who are so selfish. Seriously, you can't imagine. Yani they have food in their pocket or money to buy food in their pocket. But if somebody is giving, they want to take care of it. Instead of saying, no, there are other people who are in need. Why Rasulullah said, the hand that gives is better than the hand that receives. The hand that gives, better than the Don't put your hand. Never. I praise Allah and I thank Him for in this land, I have seen elderly English men and women, some of them I lived with, Wallahi, when I was a student. They will never sign on. Never. They will never take anything. Even their pension, they don't take it. They work hard, but they have saving, they live. When you ask them, but you could get a little bit extra, they say, no, 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 no. I gave, but I don't want. It hit me in my heart, they are doing what the Prophet did. These are good people. You can never judge them. Allah will judge them in the day of judgment. And we respect them and we look up to them. These are the people whom we should love. Okay? Washaba. Filling your stomach with food is terrible. Don't you ever fill your stomach until you say, I can't breathe. I can't have any drink. Ramadan is coming. We are supposed to fast to feel the feeling of the destitute and the hungry and the homeless and the poor. And we sit and desire food all day. A woman is spending all the time cooking. I, women, I, all of you, my sisters, don't cook. Serious, don't waste time. Cook minimum. Simple food. Because it's Ramadan, not for it. Wallahi, in the Muslim Umar, Ramadan is for eating. All day, the television program is cooking program. <laughs> what is this? And then they say, well, we're oh, beautiful fasting because we're really feeling the feeling of the hunger. The hunger doesn't have something to eat at the end of the day. We eat better food in Ramadan than before Ramadan. I'm warning. I always taught my family, we should never cook more than one dish. It's my teaching. I was taught like that. One meal. Even if I can afford it. That money which I can afford to cook another dish, I can give it to somebody who doesn't have. If you want Allah to look after you, look after those who cannot look after themselves. Remember everything you receive, some of it is yours. But the remainder that you do not use for yourself, you are a trustee. You need to find those whom you are trusted with to look after by that money. Lucky are those who realize this and spend their money on behalf of Allah. When we say for the sake of Allah, on his behalf. His sake is more greater, insha'Allah. Okay? Loving to always having the best thing in this world. It makes me feel sad. I go to buy a, a pair of shoes and I'm looking at it. There is a shoe worth 200 pounds, there is a shoe worth 30 pounds. 
This 200 pounds because of design. Why should I buy design? What for? Because have a tick in it? <laughs> so yes, some women are buying a scarf to put in their head. They can buy a scarf for eight pound, ten pound, but they have to buy to pay fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred pounds because I've got TK. I asked a girl once she was like, I said, Sheikh, this is design. I said, <laughs> cool girl. Design. What is design? But let us not be naive. This is really a shaitan loves these things and he will follow you to your grave to make you waste your time in that. Always rushing to possess what other hand holds. Wanting what is in the hand of others. Don't. Yeah, there are people working in an office. They see somebody doing a good job, they want their job. Why you want their job? Wish for something better than their job. Leave them alone. This is really a shaitan love, then shaitan come up with things, okay? Wealth, money. As our sheikh used to say, people only feel joy when there is money. If I'm telling you now, if suddenly you hear outside somebody announcing that I'm giving a thousand pounds each, you will all leave me. Sheikh <laughs> 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 so will come back this way to get the thousand pounds. Huh? The Prophet ﷺ used to give the Jum'ah sermon. And then the surah was revealed, course of the Jum'ah, the surah of Jum'ah. In it, Allah said, because the companions didn't have, didn't know. So the caravan comes. So when it is Friday, when the caravan comes, the caravan brings everything. So they used to leave him and go to the caravan. Allah said, no, you shouldn't do that. This is not allowed for Muslims to do. Don't love. No. Stinginess and fear of poverty. If somebody is frightened to be poor, and I give a simple, I'm not rich people, but imagine you are walking from your home. You have only 10 pounds in your pocket. Maybe this is your last 10 pounds. And somebody meets you and said, please, I haven't eaten. There is many sorts that they come, come. Your nurse is going to say, excuse me, giving him. Maybe he's lying. Maybe he's Why should he get him? Why didn't he get a job? But he look, he looks strong. He, you begin to have all the, Then Shaitan comes and says, yeah, you are right. You see? He's strong enough to go. And I noticed somebody said, did you apply for the... Did you go to the department? He's asking you, not asking the department. <laughs> Some of the Muslims say, Allah Kareem. He knows Allah is Kareem. Are you Kareem? Are you generous? Allah is testing you. Take something and give it to the person. But by Allah's sake, never question the person. If you don't want to give your stingy, your mean, your greedy, pass by. Go. The one who asks, don't question. Do not repel or tell them anything. is sticking to your point of view. Shaitan loves that. That's why people love argument. Okay? <laughs> by nature, a human being is always. Man by nature loves to argue. Wallahi, there are people, they love argument. I, sometimes you're sitting in a com company with people, and you're talking about something, somebody comes, yeah, 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 I know. This new president in America, look at him. He looks as troubles. He's going to call the third world war. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you indulging in this? We're talking about something else. No, they just love. If you say, but brother, we're not talking about something. But, but, and they keep on. Never argue, because shaitan loves to indulge and make you. Never stick to your point of view, even to your religious school of thought. 
You cannot say, I am a Hanafi and that's it. No, 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 no. I am a Sufi and that's it. I am a Salafi. No, 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 no. They must be an opening of the heart. You must encompass everybody and accept everyone. You should never reject anybody. Okay? Number 11. Thinking of the essence of God. Iblis loves that. When you begin to think, oh, how Allah is. Astaghfirullah azim You can never know how Allah is. When you get to know how your spirit is, maybe then. Do you know your spirit? Have you ever seen your spirit? No. So don't think about it. Have you ever seen the angels? Have you ever seen the jinn? No. So don't ask about Allah how he is. But think about his attributes. Number 12, evil suspicion against others. Don't think bad about other people. Many of us do. These 12 things are the doors for Iblis to whisper into your heart. If you remove them, Iblis will never be able to whisper any evil. But remember, the medicine can never happen for your heart to be pure and wholesome without closing all those 12 doors. As long as there is one of them open, you are in trouble. And the heart can become diseased. Allah said in the Quran, In their heart, there is a disease. Hence Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increased their illnesses. Okay? And this is what we are going to conclude with. All these diseases of the heart, we'll talk about maybe in the future, but today I'm going to consider one. Hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy is the worst disease you can have. Hypocrisy is the worst disease. We are all spending a lot of money in this world to look after the physical heart. The specialists who deal with heart problems they are the highest in medicine. They are the well-paid doctors. If you go to Harley Street, people like Majdi Yaqub and many like him, they are considered to be the best doctors. And in fact, people spend millions, maybe billions, investigating the heart. How many charities in the world? Hundreds of thousands of charities is working for the heart. Neglecting and forgetting the spiritual heart. Because we don't know that the spiritual heart could be damaged, could be diseased, or could even die while you are walking physically alive. And for this reason, the worst disease you can have is hypocrisy. Before I talk about hypocrisy, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has reported by Abi Sa'id Al-Khuduri, one of the companions, reported by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad. He said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, the hearts of the human being are one of four. Your heart could be one of four. Each one of us will know now when I say this, where your heart lies. Qalbun ajrat fihi sirajun yushir. Qalbun ajrat fihi sirajun yushir. A heart that is barren. In it, there is a lantern shining with light. That is the heart of the believer. doesn't carry anything. It's plain. No grudges, no hatred, no animosity, no jealousy, no envy, nothing. Plain, barren. But it, in it there is a light inside. And the Prophet said in the Hadith, Al-Iman mawaqara 
بالقلب ايمان ذات النهار which is a light والايمان نور he said ايمان is a light in the heart it can increase or decrease by your good actions okay if you do bad action it decreases وقلب اسود منكوس فذلك قلب الكافر and a darkened heart upside down ten okay like you have a cup the heart should be able to take in but the kafir is covered or turned upside down this is the heart of the non-believer the one who doesn't believe in spirituality or the spirit or God or the day of judgment life after death that's it their heart is upside down and black they are clothed by Allah وَغَلْبٌ أَغْلَفُ مَرْبُوطٌ عَلَى قِلَافِهِ وَذَلِكَ قَلْبُ الْمُنَافِقِ And a heart that is tied and it doesn't have all the qualities that is supposed to keep a heart close to Allah this is the heart of the hypocrites وَغَلْبٌ مُصَفَّحٌ فِيهِ إِيمَانٌ وَالنِّفَاقٌ And there is another heart it has ghosts Faith and hypocrisy. So for us here as Muslims, or even non-Muslims, trying to learn that we need to keep ourselves away from the harm that have hypocrisy or the harm that have faith and hypocrisy. We need to be among those people who have faith, inshallah, and keep away from Allah. They say the most dangerous of hearts is the heart of the munafiq. Therefore, what is nifaq? And who is the munafiq? What is hypocrisy? And who is the hypocrite? And what are the signs of hypocrisy? Nifaq or hypocrisy, as it said in Arabic, al khair al-shar. It is declaring good, but concealing evil. With you, publicly, I'm a good person. I want to do good. See me, look at me. I speak good. I look good. But behind the scene, I don't want it to happen. I will do everything to obstruct it. I make every effort to stop it from happening. So who are you working for? Allah wants the good to happen. That means you are working for shaitan. Because shaitan promised not to let the good to take place. What is it? It is marad. It's a disease Allah said in the Quran. It is shak. It is doubt. It is riyah. Showing off. It is sharr. It is evil. It is dalal, deviation from the truth. This is hypocrisy. All those words I just mentioned. Allah said in the Quran, they said, In their heart, there is a disease. Who is the munafiq then? The munafiq or the hypocrite, The one whom his words are opposite to his actions. He says one thing, but does another. Be very careful to enter into that. Allah said in the Quran, "Audi billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim." Ya ayuha al-ladina amanu, O you who believe, lima taqulun ma la taf'alun. Why do you state or say by your tongue that which you do not act upon? Kabra maqtan 'inda Allahi an taqulun ma la taf'alun. Indeed, it is the most evilest of action you can take in your lifetime in the sight of God to say that which you do not act upon, to say that which you do not do. Be very careful. Don't tell people before you do it yourself. Wasirahu wa alaniyatahu. 
Okay? Secretly, whether you are showing hypocrisy or openly, it's dangerous. The nomads said to the Prophet, we believe. Allah said, say no. You are not believers. Say we have submitted. Until Iman enter into your heart. Because Iman is light. When you have Iman in your heart, you'll be inclined toward doing good. Anybody who is inclined toward doing evil, Iman is either very little or there is no Iman at all in their heart. Okay? And therefore, the hypocrite, ill-mannered. I always tell people, please, when you read the seerah of Muhammad sallallahu because he was sadiq al-ameen, he the truthful and trustworthy human being, his character is the noblest of characters. He said the majority of people who will go to heaven, those who have got the best characters. So be very careful that you should never be vulgar or rude or intent in your heart any evil towards any creature or act upon it by word or deed. Use your tongue only to say good, so don't have ill manners. Number two, ignorance. The munafiq is munafiq. The hypocrite is a hypocrite because he's ignorant. Da'if or right, he's weak in making decisions. A believer knows where the truth lies, he acts upon it straight away. The hypocrite is neither here nor there. Okay. He is neither with those or with that. He is in the middle. When the believers are praying, he's praying with them. When the disbelievers are toasting a toast, he's toasting with them. He's holding the Quran with one and the haram with the other. You can't do that. This is hypocrisy. We need to act upon it properly. He has very little knowledge where goodness lies, where evil lies. He trusts with his tongue. But in his heart, he doesn't trust in it. Hence, he acts against it. That's the hypocrite. Okay? And he is contradicting through his action. He wakes up in the morning with one condition, and in the evening he's in a different condition. In the evening he's one condition, next morning he's in a different he turned from position to position like this ship in the ocean or the sea, in the waves. Okay? Whenever the wind blows, the, the wish of the ship is with the wind. You can't do anything. So the hypocrite like that. If we all said, yes, this is good, he will go with us. If somebody else said, he will go with them. No. Stick to the truth. Say the truth has come and falsehood has vanished. For indeed, falsehood by its nature is ever vanishing. Always stick to the truth. Don't be of somebody like that. What are the signs of the hypocrites? There are two ahadith in which the Prophet gave us the description of the hypocrites. He says there are three in one hadith. In the other, he said there are four. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, this is hadith mustafaqun alayhi, agreed upon. Nobody can tell you this hadith in any way or shape. It's not a right hadith to say. 
or weak in any description, but it is correct. Muttafaqun alayh, agreed upon by all the muhaddithin. Abu Hurairah, peace be upon him, says that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Thalath man kunna fi, fahu munafiqun. Wa in sama wa in salla, wa za'ama annahu muslim. Three, three qualities. Whosoever has them, he is a munafiq or a hypocrite. Even if he fasts, even if he prays the five daily prayers, and thinks he is one of the Muslims, he submits to Allah. إِذَا حَدَّثَ كَذَبْ When he speaks, he lies. وَإِذَا وَعَدَ أَخْلَفْ When he promises, breaks the promise. وَإِذَا تُمِنَ خَانْ When he is entrusted, he breaks the trust. So lying is a big problem. And the majority of the world people today, lying is like eating chocolate, having a snack. In fact, the professional today, they describe to their boss when they are interviewed, I'm a very good liar, I can make you a lot of money. And they take them because he's a good liar. Yeah, it's nonsense. Really, be very careful. Lying could take you away. Okay? Number two, promising and breaking promises. Be very careful. Sayyidina Ismail alayhi salam, he was called in the Quran Sadiq al-Wa'ad. The one who always fulfill his promise. They say he was called Sadiq al-Wa'ad by Allah because once somebody asked him to promise something, to meet him in a place, he promised him to meet him in a place. So Ismail went there and the man did not come. He waited in the same place for 22 days. When they asked him, why are you talking? I promise him I'll be here. I'm waiting. He, maybe he's coming. Maybe something happened to him. <laughs> Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam promised somebody to meet him in a place. He waited for him in the same place for three days. <laughs> and this is your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay? <laughs> and then, Amana. When you are trusted, be careful. I am telling you here as professional people working for companies, professional bodies working for yourself but adhering under a British law which Islam asks us to adhere to don't break the trust don't because you will be questioned indeed the promise you make through agreements will be questioned before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be very careful work with the law of the land where you live. Don't go to work and don't give 100% to the person whom, who pays your wage for you. Don't do anything to deny yourself the reward. Be very careful. Don't ring your employer and say, I'm not able to come when you are able to. Don't pretend to be sick and you are not sick. Don't do something other than going to your job. I'm telling you. It is so serious, Wallahi al-Azim. So serious. Because at the end of the day, you might think I'm doing it. No. All those things come under the contract. It gives you a very bad relation with Allah. The second hadith, where there is four qualities mentioned, the three plus another one, Abdullah ibn Umar al-Khattab, reported this. Also this hadith, muttafaqun alayh, agreed upon by all the muhaddithin. He says, the Prophet, peace be upon him, says, Arba'un man kunna fihi kana munafiqan. Four. Whoever has them for qualities, he is a total hypocrite. 
Whoever have one quality from those four, he has one quality of hypocrisy. Until you leave it. It's up to you. You keep it or you leave it. Okay, when you speak your lie, when you promise you break your promise, when you make agreement, you break your agreement. You stab people in the back. When you have a khusuma, when you have an argument with somebody, you don't want to talk to them anymore. You don't want to forgive. You don't want to erase the ill feeling from your heart. You don't want to make up the relation. Although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands me and you as believers, as I said, and I began my talk about the heart, your heart can never be whole, can never be pure until you remove all ills. And one of the terrible ills we have carrying a grudge against somebody, hatred in our heart, unable to forgive. Allah Allah is questioning all of us. Wouldn't you love Allah to forgive you? Of course, we'd love Allah to forgive us. I want Allah to forgive me. Hence, we should find it in our heart to forgive because Allah commanded us. We must erase ill feeling and forgive those who wronged us. And they should make up the relation better than before. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa himself, Allah commanded him to do so. So please take this seriously and don't hesitate. Therefore, the attributes of the munafiq or the signs of the munafiq or the hypocrite Al-Kadhib, lying, Wal-Ghadr, betrayal, Wal-Khalf, breaking promises, Wal-Khiyana, breach of trust, Wal-Fujur, immorality. All those are signs of a hypocrite. How much time we have? Yeah. Number one, lying. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's companions and his first Khalifa, Abu anhu, when the Prophet died, he stood up and he spoke and he said this. This is the Khalifa, Abu Bakr Sadiq. He says, قَامَ فِيْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ مَقَامِي هَذَا عَامَ أَوَّلْ ثُمَّ بَكَى When he stood up, he said, last year, before the Prophet died, in the same place I'm standing today, he stood up sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he started crying, remembering him. وقال, and he sallallahu alayhi says, I warn you that you should not lie. It is indeed will be with immorality and both of them will be in the hellfire. Reported by Ibn Majah and Nisa'i. As if Abu Bakr Sadiq is trying to tell us Please remember that the Prophet before he died, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is warning all of us lying is not going to bring us any goodness. Lying is going to distance us from Allah. Lying is going to disease our hearts. Lying is going to make us find it difficult to connect to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So we should refrain from it. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, La yadhal al-abd yakdib. Agreed upon. The person, the servant, will always keep lying and it becomes like a habit until he becomes a liar and written in the book of Allah as a liar. When we say Musaylam al-Kadhab, it's not a nice thing. 
because he declared he's a prophet of Muhammad So that he was called a kathab. Alas, would you lie to attribute to you lying, that you are a liar? Not a very nice thing. You should be very careful from that. The Messenger also said, reported by Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi and Nisa'i, وَيْلُ لِلَّذِي يُحَدِّثْ فَيَكْذِبْ لِيَضْحَكْ بِهِ الْقَوْمِ وَيْلُ اللَّهُ وَوَيْلُ اللَّهُ Woe for the one who speaks a lie to the people of Allah. Woe and woe to him or her. Don't make lies so that people can lie. Don't make a joke lying about something so that you can make people feel happy because you will go to the hellfire for that. Abu Darda, the companion, asked the Prophet وسلم, and he said, Ya Nabi Allah, Hal Yakdib al Mu'min, O Messenger of Allah, does the believer lies? He said, No. The Prophet then followed this verse to him in his answer. Indeed, those who lie are those who do not believe in the sign of God. If you don't believe in the Quran, you lie. If you believe in the Quran, you don't lie. This is Surah Al-Nahl. Verse 105 and the hadith reported by Ibn Abi Musa alayhi salam, the Prophet and the Messenger of Bani Israel, said, Oh my Lord, which of your servants does the the one whom his tongue never lies. And his heart never have immoralities in it. And his private never commit adultery. Three things. Avoid adultery. Avoid immorality. Avoid lying. Allah loves you for what you do. Luqman al-Hakim, the wise man, said to his son, warning him, I warn you, my son, of lying. For if once you begin to lie, it is as delicious, delightful as eating okay, bear's meat. When you have got barbecued meat, people sitting in the sunlight today, standing in the park and in the garden, everybody, without, not counting how they're eating, because there's no place there, they're just taking from the fire and eating. This is lying. You keep lying and lying. It's going to be like desiring eating the flesh of the bear. Ali ibn Abi Talib says, The greatest of sins, the lying tongue, and the worst of regret, the regret in the day of judgment. Imagine you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything you did good, but you were written as a liar. It's a very big thing before Allah in the day of judgment. May Allah keep us away from that, insha'Allah. Number two, the other sign, al-khiyana. Okay? What does al-khiyana mean? If sha'sir al-ikhwan li ma fihi min al-idha wa al-tahawun bihaqqa al-ma'arif wal-asdiqa Declaring the secrets of those around you through which you bring them harm and making their life difficult. Whether they are friends, family, or general public. This is called khiyana. They say, if somebody came and sat with you, 
and spoke to you about something private. The moment they leave and give you their back, you should never tell anybody about it. Unfortunately today, forget about somebody talking to you, somebody sending you a message about somebody, I just saw and saw my sending it to everybody. Have you heard? Did you see? With pictures. People enjoy this. How could you enjoy exposing somebody? How come somebody loves to see somebody who did wrong be exposed? We were taught, if I'm walking in the street and I see the Imam of the Masjid, the Sheikh in the town, the scholar in the area where I live, drinking alcohol, I should walk without me giving him a notice. I should hide not to show him that I have seen him. Do you know why? Because the Prophet وسلم, stood in front of all the companions one day and gave a beautiful sermon. And the essence of it, because people were exposing one another, he says, Tawbah is a special place in paradise, will be given and gifted to those who are too busy with their own faults rather than looking at other people's faults. Why are you looking at people? Today we buy the newspapers, we look at the columns and articles written in the internet for exposure, for gossip. Don't read that. Seriously, don't you ever read the gossip and listen what people did and what, what for? Do you know another thing? The Prophet said in the Hadith, Man mu'minan, Whosoever sees a believer, a faith person, doing something wrong, and you shelter them, not exploit them, Allah will shelter you in a day where there is no shelter but His. Who amongst us sitting here now can say, I have no faults? I can't say that. I have faults. How can I expose somebody else? Imagine if people... I always have this idea. Those journalists who go around to expose people and bring them up, if it is something to do with the work of the public, fine. But personal things. What about if somebody just follow them? <laughs> Seriously. I was, what I was thinking like, if somebody went out and oh, just opened a website or have a magazine just exposing the exposers. <laughs> what a sad thing. We don't encourage it because we don't want anybody to them. But why are they taking cameras on all this? Astaghfirullah. This is not the thing that we should do. We should be very careful. Jabir ibn Abdullah al Ansari, the companion says, the Prophet said, When a person speaks to you and then they turn away, it's a trust. Don't break it. Al Hadith Bainakum Amana, talking between you two, it's a trust. Don't relate it to somebody else. Al Hassan al Bisri, said, When somebody asks him, How could I have this hypocrisy of mistrust with my brother? He said, Exposing the secret of your brother or sister. Have you heard? Have you seen? Don't do that. Otherwise, you have a disease of the heart. Okay? This is something that you should be careful from. And in the hadith, Whosoever sheltered his brother, Allah will shelter them in the day of judgment. And it is haram to expose people because it brings trouble. Imagine, listen to this. Imagine a family is secure, they are happy, everything is right. Although each one of them, maybe they does mistake. And you see the wife or you see the husband or the son or the daughter in the street doing something wrong. And you go and ring the family. Ring the wife and say, oh, have you seen your husband? I saw him sitting with a woman in the street. Or have you seen your uh, wife? I have seen her with a man. Or have you seen your daughter? People do these things. Imagine the chaos is created in the family. 
if there is divorce, if there is fighting, if there is court cases. Why? It's called fitna. Well, fatan mal'oon, and the one who creates fitna is cursed by Allah. For Rasul said, al-fitna na'ima, hadith sahih, fitna is asleep. La'ana Allahu man ayqadha. Allah will care the one who will awaken it. Please, don't make fitna. Create peace between people rather than fitna. Okay? Number three, al-khalf. Okay? When you make an agreement and you break your promise, Allah said in Surah Al-Ma'idah, table is spread. Verse number one. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, awfu bil'uqud. O you who believe, fulfill your promises. Fulfill your covenant with people. Ali ibn Abi Talib, the companion, radiallahu anhu, said that the Prophet sallallahu says, al-wa'd mithla al-dayn aw afdal. When you make a covenant and an agreement to somebody, like debt, you must fulfill. If I borrowed money from you, I should return it back. Otherwise, I'm going to be questioned about the indebtedness. I'm going to pay from my good deeds, or if I don't have any good deeds, the person whom I am indebted to can take from their sins and put it in my why in the debtedness will run from one another. When you run away from your brother and the rest of your family and those people whom you love. Okay? And why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said earlier on, praise Ismail alayhi salam by saying, Indeed, he was always one who fulfilled his covenant. Okay? And therefore, nobody should break this promise. Number four, okay? The signs of them in the Quran for the hypocrites, extra signs. Allah said in the Quran, Yuwarun al Kufar. A hypocrite. However, they say, I'm a Muslim, I'm a believer, I trust in God, I believe in the day of judgment. They will always love to be with those who reject God. They will support them and stand by them. Allah said in the Quran, Mukhadi'in. They always try to cheat their way through. Number three, Allah said they are lazy when it comes to worship. One of them in front of public will show absolute adherence to the teaching. The moment they are alone, they are lazy. They don't do what Allah asks them. Number four, Mudadabin. They are neither with the good nor with the bad. They are in between. Number five, they do little of the remembrance of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran in regard of those which I mentioned now, number one, those who take the non-believers as supporters and friends other than the believers themselves. This is a very serious. Okay? Very, very serious issue we need to think about. And Allah said subhanahu wa ta'ala, Indeed, the hypocrites, they try to cheat Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is awaiting them when they return to him. And then expose them. When they get up for salah, they are very lazy. They only show off to people. And they only remember Allah very little. In the hadith, Abu Hurairah said, the messenger peace be upon him says, If you want to distinguish yourself from the hypocrites, Make sure you pray your Fajr before sunrise. 
and make sure you pray your maghrib and isha before you sleep. The hardest prayer for the hypocrite are those two prayers. The early prayer and the last prayer. They find it very difficult. In the morning, they say, I'll sleep. The night is still young. And the priest coming and putting surma in their eyes, let's sleep. There is a long time to come until the sun rides over their heads. And the Prophet said, Fashhadu, be warned. This is a person shaitan has whispered in their heart or weed in their ears. So we should be careful. And in the evening, the same thing. Don't worry. Still there is time, still there is time until you sleep. And you don't pray. What the Prophet said, it's difficult for them. Anas ibn Malik said, the messenger people of him said, Talking about the one who delays the salah. He says, Tilka salatul munafiqeen. The one who delays his salah for no reason, indeed, is like the salah of those people who are showing hypocrisy. Okay? He explains Allah said, one of them will sit waiting for the sun. Until it is about to sit on the horizon, then he wants to pray his asr. You can't do that. Or until the sun is about to rise, then he wants to pray. No, no. Give time before sunset, before sunrise, for praying. That's why we say before sunrise, with about 10 minutes, be careful. Before sunset, similarly. This is the time whereby the salah is makruh, forbidden by Rasulullah. The Prophet also says, Al Baza'a wal Bayan Shu'bata Mashu'ban Nifaq. Rudeness and vulgarity by the tongue. Okay? And somebody who tries to speak with eloquence where there is no need for that, these are the sign of a person who tries to act with hypocrisy. So may Allah keep us away from them. The last thing I'm going to finish with, so that we can be warned, what's the punishment? of those who have the disease of hypocrisy in their heart. In Surah An-Nisa, Surah number 4, verse number 138, Allah says, rajim, Give the good tidings for the hypocrites. They will have the gravest of punishment in the Day of Judgment. The gravest. More than the disbelievers themselves. In the same Surah, verse 145, Surah An-Nisa, Surah number 4, Allah also said, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ وَلَنْ تَجِدَ لَهُمْ نَصِيرًا Indeed, the hypocrites in the hellfire will be in the lowest part of the fire. And they will have no support. No one can support them. In another verse, Allah says, هُمْ حَطَبُوا جَهَنَّمِ They will be the coal of the hellfire. Why should you be the call of a fire that is going to worship the most disliked people of God like Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl and Pharaoh and Qarun. And can you imagine you are the call to burn those evilest people? Just because of these simple things, be careful, avoid all these things. Ibn Umar, radiallahu ta'ala, who the companion says, in wal-qiyama, the worst punishment in the day of judgment for any people will be al-munafiqun. وَمَنْ كَفَرَ مِنْ أَصْحَابَ الْمَائِدَةِ And those who disbelieved with Jesus Christ when he brought down the table spread for them from the heaven. They will be the worst people punished because 
they have evidence for the interview. What is their punishment going to be? Or where? They're going to be punished in Jahannam, one of the fires, in Lava, Al Hutama, Was Sa'ir, Usagar, Wal Jahim, Wal Hawiyah. There are seven hells. So these people will be put in each one of them. And then they will be in each one of these in the lowest part to bear those people whom Allah has chosen their place of punishment to be in that hell. You know there are eight heavens and there are seven hells. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala close the seven hells from us to be punished in and may Allah open the eight doors of heaven for us to be achieving success with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of judgment. The heart is the place whereby you could love or you could hate. You could have good understanding of good and wanting to do it or have good understanding of evil and wanting it to take place. The heart is a place whereby it could be the place where you love your faith, you love your messenger sallallahu you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your heart could be a place whereby everyone will find within you a place. Whether they are right or wrong, whether they are believers or unbelievers, whether they are good or bad, whether they are young or old, male or female, human or non-human, they will always feel comfortable with you. And for this reason, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said it clearly. People are always in need of others. However, only those who support, give help, will be supported and helped. So a believer has that kind of harm. He said, The best of people is the one who brings benefits to people. And a believer who have a sound heart will always want to benefit others rather than themselves. Those who take bribes or give bribes, those who abuse their positions in power, those who oppress people, those who wish ill against others, their heart indeed are distanced from that which is sound or wholesome. So I ask Allah to give us tawfiq and success. And may Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah, in the future. We look at this subject in detail and talk about it because the doors of shaitan are there. And we can take them one by one and look after them in the future, maybe after Ramadan. If anybody have a question, please. Anybody have a question? If you don't have a question, uh, a reminder. On the 21st of uh, May, the Sunday, Sunday the, the Sunday before the last in the month of May. Look, check it what date. I think it's 21st of May. Salam Sunday will be earlier, a week earlier. This week was later because last week there was something. It should happen the last Sunday of the month. So, inshallah, in May, it's going to be a week before the last because I'm, inshallah, Allah, if I'm alive, I'll be traveling to Mecca in Ramadan to support and help people around the world who need help uh, with Penny Appeal and with British Muslim TV. It, it should be perfect, right? Yeah. It'll be on Facebook, they'll, they'll see some. You'll your course on Thursday. No, 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 not in April. Last Sunday before Ramadan. Yeah. For Salam Sunday. Yeah. Not the last one here, the one before. We have one got one, we have got one before we go in April. The one before we come back, I think. The, we put it that day in the family. But you've got your course on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Well, after we come back from Turkey, okay, we're going to Turkey, inshallah, on the 23rd. Anybody who did not register want to come, please full do. Now, no. Full? And the marriage course is full. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So what we need is, we need to make sure, inshallah, bi'ithnillah ta'ala, 
uh, that last Salam Sunday before I go to Mecca, a brother called Thaqib, very beautiful brother from Crowley. They have a Crowley Education Institute, CEI, which is a new school. I asked him to come because I want people before Ramadan to appreciate the importance of Ramadan at the month of the Quran. Not just to read many khatam and this and that. He is a man who knows the Quran very well. He is doing his PhD about aware of those two letters in the Quran. And he could not do all. He's just choosing a palm. He's doing a PhD on Qul. Say. There is more non-believers in universities and in institutions around the world taking notice of the Quran than us. Yeah? SubhanAllah. So we need to take He's going to come here. He's going to give you a little bit of a, an introduction to the importance of the Quran. And then through certain verses, we're talking about me and him about it. He's going to talk about it from the uh, theoretical understanding of the Quran from the tafsir and he's going to give some hints about what it means and I'm going to talk about it from the spiritual side after he finishes his discussion with you so it's going to be a little bit longer we're going to have it about three hours that that one especially he's going to take one hour and a half I'll take one hour and a half and in between inshallah we'll give you a very good important message about the verse we're going to discuss of the importance of the Quran number one number two inshallah Ramadan is going to be يعني, here, like last year, people will come here. We will try to put every day before iftar, somebody to come and give a lesson. Please do attend and come. Even if just to come for the lesson and go, we'll try to get as many people to teach. And it's a chance for you to increase and maximize your profit with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, don't wait until Ramadan begins to prepare yourself. Prepare yourself from now. Why? The Prophet says, Rajab and Sha'ban are the months of preparation for Ramadan. Fast few days in this month, in Sha'ban. Give some charity in these two months. Just practice, just like reviving for the exam. Ramadan is the month of the exam, and these two months, Rajab and Sha'ban, the revision months. A lot of Muslims do. When I was young, when I was able, I used to fast Rajab fully, Sha'ban fully, and Ramadan fully. And when I came to London, people used to give me a stick. Oh, haram, what are you doing? You should break the days. But because it was our tradition, there is nothing to say you shouldn't do that. On the contrary, you can fast. The only two days which are forbidden to fast is the day of Eid al-Fitr and the day of Eid al-Adha. You can fast the whole year if you want to. But moreover, I wrote a little page or two in my website, if you go to shaykhbabikr.com, you will find it, yeah, about Rajab. Please read it. It will give you some idea of what you should do in the month of Rajab, in regard of Salah, in regard of Dua, in regard of fasting. And those people who are going to go and do Umrah. Okay, because Umrah in this month is very good. So rather than saying it now, just read it yourself. It's about two pages or one page and a half. Just read it. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you benefit from that. The last thing I will say and finish with, uh, I don't know, Isa is from Colombia. I was really disheartened when I just came here. I felt sad. And we Muslims are very good to help. But our help seems to be only for the Muslims. Although now it's changing. If there is people who are suffering, non-Muslim, we need to help them too. In Colombia, yeah, there are people suffering today. Yeah, Isa could tell you about it. And... Uh, there is a charity working, he knows the charity himself, and we need to help this charity. So if you can put something in Isa, and we ask everyone to help. Wallahi, if each one of us even give a pound, and we send it, 
and there are about 50 of us here, 60. If it can go to one family and help them for the time until they get put, we will get benefit from them. Because at the end of the day, one of the most important things you can do in your life is to help those who are helpless. I always look at myself and my life that I live. If there is any benefit I have received in my life, it's through helping people. Because I realize when you go to the poorest people, you find Allah with them. They are happy. They have no anguish, no fear, no grudges, no hatred, no jealousy. When you ask them, life is good. And they have nothing. Barefooted, their clothes are ripped. They don't know where the next meal is from. How is thing? Alhamdulillah. We have everything. Today is the last day of the month. We just received our wage of salary. I'm broke. I don't have anything. I'm in debt. So please let us say, Isa, could you do that please? Yeah, please. Please. We'll do that. Because really I feel sad. Because he's from Colombia. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, half of his family are not in that fold of Islam. Maybe this will help, inshallah. Bring them. Anybody with a question shall make dua, inshallah. Yeah. Um, you know, Hanifa, they came for the whisper. Her mother passed away last night. Who? Yeah, Hanifa. You know the Afghani person? Yeah, Allah. Her mother passed away last night. No. This is a sister, very good sister who does hijama. Hanifa, if you know her. Very, very good sister. Her mother passed away. There are two families. Uh, Hassan Rasul and his wife ran yesterday. Today they went for Umrah. And another brother, I can't remember his name, and his wife, they just went to Umrah. The brother who comes, sometimes pick me, bring me. I can't remember his name. He also went to Umrah, I think, today. Very good people. May Allah take them in peace and bring them back in peace and accept their Umrahs. A'udhu billahi minash shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد صلاة عبد قلت حيلته ورسول الله وسيلته وأدلها يا إلهي ولكل كرب عظيم فرج عنا ما حفيه فضل بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Oh Allah, we thank you for everything that you bestowed upon us We thank you for gathering to remember you It is not from us, but it is through your permission, ya Allah that we are gathering here to remember you, ya Allah We ask you that if there is anything that we have said not complete, not correct, that you forgive. Yeah. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from every evil, specifically the evil of our own selves. Mm-hmm. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from the evil of Iblis, the devil. Mm-hmm. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from being among those who are diseased in their heart or those whom their heart are dead, Ya Kareem. Mm-hmm. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from hypocrisy mm-hmm. or any part of it that makes us among people whom you dislike and put in the lowest part of the hellfire, Ya Kareem. Allahumma inna na'udhu ka min nifaq wa shiqaq wa kufr wa al-khida' ya Rabbi al-Alamin. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min su'il akhlaq. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from having bad manners, or ill tongues, Ya Kareem, or heart that are diseased, Ar-Rahman Rahimim. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from all the evil, specifically the evil of our own souls. Oh Allah, we ask of you to make us among those people whom you love. Put mercy in our hearts. To show mercy, so that it will be shown mercy. All those who are suffering all over the world, specifically in war zones, famine zones, calamity zones, may you show them mercy. May you make their life easy, and may you bestow us with mercy to help them. Oh Allah, my brothers and sisters who are suffering in Afghanistan. Oh Allah, those who are suffering in Pakistan. Oh Allah, those who are suffering in Iraq and Syria, and Yemen and Libya. Therefore, Ya Kareem, and Niger and Mali, Cameroon and Nigeria, Ya Kareem. Oh Allah, those who are suffering across the world from wars that are killing the innocent and destroying the families. May you stop the bloodshed. 
Amen. May you make it easy for people to unite and bring the best of them to live in Yakari. Oh Allah, allow us to help them. Rahmatika, Rahman, Rahim. Oh Allah, I ask you for the Rohingyas, those who are living in their land and they are landless, those who are trying to be free, but they are put in a position. Oh Allah, those who have been enslaved today across the world by people who have no mercy in their heart, break their shackles, Yakari. Allow us to help them and support them and give them the dignity that they deserve. The unemployed, may you give them the dignity of work, Yakari. The employers, may you increase their sustenance to give dignity to the unemployed, Yakari. Oh Allah, all those who are sick in homes, in hospices and hospitals, Yakari, may you give them shifa and afiyah, Ya Rahman Heal them physically and spiritually, All those who nurse them for among their families, and the nurses and the porters and the helpers and supporters, physicians, registrars, doctors, all those people who are working, Ya Rabbi Al-Alameen, to support them, may you support them and help them. Rahmatik, Ya Rahman Rahimeen and their families. The single ones who are seeking fulfillment of their deen by getting married, allow them to find the right yes partner. Oh Allah, I ask you for those who are looking for opening with you to open their heart with wisdom and knowledge, Ya Kareem. Oh Allah, all of us who have ills in our hearts, May you remove the illnesses. May you heal the hearts. May you bring us to the position you will be happy with us, Ya Kareem. Oh Allah, we ask you for our parents, those who are alive, give them long life with obedience. Allow us to be good to them. And if we have wronged them, forgive our sin and allow them to forgive us. Those who passed away, oh Allah, forgive their sin and raise them to the highest, loftiest place in Jannah. Our relatives, our loved ones, and those people whom you used to know, Ya Rahman Rahimeen, forgive them and guard them. The people of this land, as they open their home and their heart for us to live with them, oh Allah, secure them and secure their land. Make us the best examples for them, for your teaching, and allow us to be a part of them to do good and distance us from any evil that we should not do, that we will never carry out in our life. Make us ambassadors to the deen. Do that which Allah will be pleased with, Ya Rahim. Oh Allah, we ask you, for anybody who's in trouble, may you remove their troubles. Yeah, if anybody sitting with me here having difficulty of debt, may you, yeah. Allah, repay their debt for them. Make it easy for them. Anybody with any difficulty or troubles, may you remove their troubles and difficulties. Ya Rahman Rahimin. Wa zarukallahumma tusalli wa tusallim ala hayyuka al-ma'moon. Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasanatan wa qina adhaba al-nar. Rabbana la tudhiq qulubana wa'alayt hadaytana. Hablana min ladunka rahma innaka anta al-wahab. Rabbana alayka tawakkanna wa ilayka anabna wa ilayka al-masir. I ask Allah for Isa, Amina, Galaiza and Umar who run this place for us. And those who support them. Ya Rabbal Alameen. Those who are supporting them nearly, always standing by them, covering them, helping them. Rahmatik ya Rahman Rahman. Forgive them, guard them, strengthen them and make them always happy to help and support Ya Kareem. Make their job easier for them and allow us to do that which will please you Ya Kareem. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Sayyidi ya Rasulullah. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Sayyidi ya Nabi Allah. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Sayyidi ya Hayu Allah. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Imam al-Mursaleen. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Khatam al-Nabiyyin. As-salatu wassalamu alayka ya Shafi' al-Mudhnabin. Alfu salatin wa alfu salamin alayku ala al-Baytika ajma'in. Hana Rabbika Rabbil Gita Amma Yosifun. Wassalamun ala al-Mursaleen. الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين جزاكم الله خير شكرا ما الله يوردي أول جزاكم الله خير